It's good to be with you. Uh, please join me in prayer. Father, we just thank you for this evening. We ask that as we look at your word that you would speak clearly to us. I thank you for how powerful your word is, how it brings life to us. As we've come from living our everyday life, we ask that a cleansing would come over our hearts and minds, that we could hear what the Spirit is saying. Would you release your power inside of us also so that we would be rooted and grounded in love? And I thank you for this time, Father. Would you cause not only an awakening to be inside of us, but this thing that you describe in Scripture, that you would cause us to will and to do your good pleasure. I thank you for this time. In the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. All right, please take your Bibles. Go with me to John 5.17. John 5.17. As you're turning there, I want to make sure I make this announcement to you. Um, the Rock has been gracious to me for years to allow me to come and be with you. I'm not only with you here on Wednesday, but I will actually be here tomorrow night in the chapel teaching on your destiny in the kingdom. And it's a course that we do. A lot of people uh, think, wow, this must be complicated. But what we're trying to do is we're trying to help people discover their identity, how God releases passion inside of them, and then teach them to discover what we'd call the mystery of why you're on this planet. So if you're interested in that, please come. We always have a time where we're trying to give you something relevant to help build what God has put you on the planet to do. And we also have a time of ministry and prayer. Um, and I do this around the country, everywhere I travel, teach schools of destiny. And I just love seeing people discover who they are in Christ and being launched by the Lord. It's not just about being in full-time ministry. It's about doing what God has created you to do. In fact, you'll find this fascinating. One of my students uh, just got elected as a city official. So they had went through the whole entire school, realized God had called them to government, and just got elected to be a city official up in Minneapolis. Isn't that wonderful? So, so please join us if you're interested about the mystery of why God put you here. John 5, 17. I do, I do want to thank the group for assigning me this. Um, if you've ever been around me, my, my life scripture actually is out of John 5.19, so I feel like this is an honor to actually stand before you to cover this. So would you guys please turn with me? You're already there. Let's read what's going on. Now, as we come to the passage, let me describe what's going on before we get to these specific verses. Here in John, you have a unique miracle actually taking place. There's actually two. Uh, one is they have this pool where sick people lie in the nation of Israel wanting an angel to come down and actually, what they say, trouble the water or touch the water. And whoever, whoever was in these sick areas would fall into the water and get healed. Now, I, I don't know if you guys have ever done any study on that. That was actually never disputed. It's actually interesting people reading that scripture going through the ages and some saying, well, you know, how people are, that probably isn't what happened. That's not what's being described here. They're describing that this is actually a pool where the angel comes and touches it and people get healed. That actually was going on. That's, they're not trying to prove it or disprove it. They're just saying this event takes place. And Jesus is now going to this, what we would call a, a place where sick people hang out. And he finds one man who's been crippled for his whole entire life. And he basically has a dialogue with him about, do you want to get well? The guy says, well, no one has, no one I, can help me get in the water fast enough to get healed. And so... I'm stuck. And Jesus says, no, you're actually not if you want to be healed, and he heals him. The man gets healed. The Pharisees don't like this because he's carrying his mat on the Sabbath. And so because of that response, they're trying to find out who healed this man and told him to carry his uh, mat on the Sabbath, and they don't know who it is. And then Jesus has a dialogue with him about, I'm the person that did this. I'm the Messiah. Uh, and then the Pharisees connect with him, and they begin to have this argument with him about his identity. And this is where we actually enter into this. And it's fascinating. Let's go ahead and look at the passage now. I'm going to explain something by going to verse 17, and then we'll look at 19, and just describe something here that's important for us. It says this, And Jesus answered them, My father is working until now, and I myself am working. 
For this reason, therefore, the Jews were seeking all the more to kill him. Because he was not only breaking the Sabbath, but also calling God his own father, making himself equal with God. Therefore, Jesus answered and was saying to them, Truly I say to you, the Son can do nothing of himself unless it is something he sees the Father doing. For whatever the Father does, these things the Son does also in like manner. Now, at that time when Jesus is making this statement, you have to understand historically what is going on with the nation of Israel in their relationship with how they see God. I think I've said this several months before. By the time we're now in Israel's history and Jesus is on the scene, they don't even want to say the name of God. And so they believe that God is so far off, so holy, and, and should be feared that there's no relational dynamic with him whatsoever. So they don't even say Yahweh. They say the name. And so here's what's going on in that scene. They literally believe that God is unapproachable. And because of this isolation, and, and they don't see any part of God being a loving God, they, they are very much afraid of him and are afraid of his judgment against them. That's all they've gotten up to this point at that time in Israel's history. And so now you have this person that's coming on the scene, and not only is he doing miracles, but he's starting to say, well, God is not like how you leaders have been presenting him. He's completely different. He's a father. He wants to be related to. He wants you to call him father, and he wants to have a dynamic relationship with you. And you can see how this just offended the people at the time that Jesus was talking to. I, find, I don't know if you guys looked at the passage. You find it funny that they're trying to figure out how to kill him, not only because he told him to pick up the mat, because he called God his father. I mean, you have got to be kidding me. So I guess they already wanted to kill him for picking up his mat. Can you imagine coming to church and someone saying, what are you doing? Well, I thought about bringing a coffee in here. Let's figure out how to kill this person. <laughs> Talk about a weird way of viewing who God is. They were so afraid of him that they were willing to kill people to think it was going to pl please him. Just a, an absolute perversion of how they view who God is. And that's what Jesus is stepping on the scene. And not only is he stepping on the scene and addressing this, now he's beginning a dialogue with them about the reason why I, I'm doing this is to show you something. I am the one that you have been waiting for. I'm standing right in front of you, and you cannot recognize me. Now, think about this with me as we look at the passage, because we're going to go into it deeper and look at some words here to really get what the passage is talking about. How can God come to his own people and they cannot see him for who he is? There's a, there's a concept that's actually brought up uh, later on in the epistles when they're talking about unbelievers and why they can't see Christ. And, and they talk about the prince of the power of the air as blinded the eyes of unbelievers so that they cannot see the glory of Christ. This blinding effect is not a rational problem. It's a supernatural problem. The blinding smokescreen that it talks about in 2 Corinthians is pride. When you have pride in your heart of how you think you relate to God or how you walk with God, it actually creates what we would call a blinding effect so you cannot see God when he's right in front of you. We actually, uh, this is a phenomenon, and this is why I appreciate this passage so much. This is not stopped in human history. There are a lot of people believing they see the Lord correctly, and yet persecute the very work that God is doing on this planet because of their religious pride. And isn't that amazing that when God does a miracle to accuse someone of being in the enemy's camp, when it's the Lord trying to show his goodness to people, shows a blinding effect, and only the glory of the Lord can actually deliver people from it. All right, let's, let's go back to the passage and let's develop it now. Look back with me at verse 17. This idea that he's calling God his father is very important. Part of the Messiah's job is he's coming to the nation of Israel as a prophet. As I shared last month, this fulfills Deuteronomy 18, verse 15, where Moses said there will be a prophet like him. This is the designation of the Messiah. And here he's coming, and prophets have two things they're called to do. 
throughout, there's what we call the prophetic protocol of all prophets in the Old and New Testament. They're to reveal who God is and call people back to relationship with him. And so Jesus is saying, now, who is God? He's your father. How are you to relate to him from this point on? He's your father. So come back to your house, come back home, and understand your father is calling you home to be nurtured by him as a father. He doesn't want you to be religious. He wants you to come home. And so this, this is a very important before we come into Christ to understand this. He is, by saying God is his father, saying I am equal with God, he's proving right here I'm the second person of the Trinity. He's not denying that statement. In fact, he's saying, I'm saying this. You guys understand exactly what I'm saying, and you know what I'm saying to you, and that's why you're responding is, I'm telling you, I'm the Messiah, and you're not accepting me. He's actually dealing with that. Now, this is very important. For people that do not want to receive Jesus, they are functioning under a religious spirit at this point where they are fighting against him because God intentionally sent him. Now, we see Jesus after he's died and been raised from the dead. So we look at the Gospels and we believe he's telling us stories on how to bring people into the kingdom, which he's actually doing. But there's another dimension that I want you to pay attention to. Jesus is fulfilling something that comes to us out of Malachi chapter 4. And out of Malachi chapter 4, it says that there's going to be a prophet like Elijah who is going to come. And after he comes, he's going to create a willowing fork, a, a, a washing of the people of God, and then the God who you're seeking is going to come, and he's going to reveal God as a father. And what it's going to do is it's going to deal with one of the major spirits that fight against the work of God. It's called a religious spirit. And so you see this in Jesus' ministry. He's trying to reach people to bring them back home to the Father, and he's also dealing with a religious spirit constantly. And so when you ask, why does he have this agitation all the time with the Pharisees? Why are they fighting with him so much? Because he's fighting against the spirit of religion. He's not even fighting against them. He's fighting with the spirit behind them that actually wants to kill the work of God. That's what a religious spirit does, and that's what Jesus is dealing with. Now, let's keep moving on. Jesus says this in verse... Um, 19, he says, therefore, Jesus answered and said, I truly say to you, the son can do nothing of himself. Now, the word here for nothing is really interesting. To do a work in God, the Greek word in the New Testament is dunamis. That's the word that's used for power. That's the word that's used for miracle. It means God's ability working through man to change the situation supernaturally. Jesus says, I can do nothing in myself. This is the word dunamis with a negative put in front of it. So it actually means he cannot use his own divinity to do the works that he's doing. So he's saying, inside me, even though I'm the Messiah, I cannot produce this work myself. Only the Father working through me. Now, this should settle the issue from this point on when people believe Jesus did all his miracles based on his own divinity. He's telling us right here, I didn't do any of this on my own divinity. I only do what I see my father doing. Now, let's actually develop that a little more and look at it. Son could do nothing of his own. He only does what he sees the father doing. He's actually dealing with something that's really important here. Whatever the Father does, which he says right here, these things the Son does also. It's the word whatever the Father does is really interesting in the original language. It's saying Jesus, when he's going out and showing the compassion of God to people, he's drawing from God's compassion to show it to people, and everything that you see Jesus doing, he's actually having it shown to him or revealed to him before he does it. So this is why in later on in John chapter 14, when Philip is saying, show us the Father, Jesus said, hey, don't you realize that I am in the Father and the Father is in me and the works I do, they show the Father. He's trying to say something. The works I do, I don't initiate any of it. Everything you see coming out of me is the exact representation of what God the Father is like, and I'm just representing him properly when I do things. 
Now, does that just fascinate you? That means that everything that Jesus did, his father modeled it to him. He showed him before he was supposed to do it. Now, are you guys like I am? That should create great joy and confidence in you that you don't have to produce any of this in your own ability. Now, that's before he came to Christ. He's trying to deal with the idea of walking in relationship with God. And I believe right here in John 5, 19, Jesus is establishing from this point forward how authority in the kingdom of God works. He's what we call being a prototype himself. He's prototyping. So everything you're watching him now do, when you come into Christ, you're able to do the same thing because he's prototyping it. He's telling you, I can't do this on my own, so if I can't do it, you won't be able to do it. You're going to have to come into the same relationship that God the Father is willing to give you for you to do the same work that I can do. That should actually bring great joy to you and actually strip limitation out of your soul where you think you can't do the work of Jesus because it's God's desire to do the work of Jesus. The work of Jesus was initiated from God the Father's heart first. So it's, this is when people say, what is God's will? It's everything that Jesus did. Has God's will changed? No. It's, it's based out of his nature. His will is based out of his nature. All right. Well, you and I, a lot of you in here, we're in Christ. So what does this mean to us today? I think it answers the question of authority. How, how do you walk in authority? Now, let me be very specific when I say this. Jesus comes to us, and not only does he bring salvation to us, Christianity in its conception from Jesus' teaching is so different than anything out there. He not only comes, calls you to know him and he redeems you and saves you, he calls you into this thing that's called supernatural lifestyle and you have to live with the miraculous and call it normal. <laughs> Let's see, I'll try it on this side of the room. That means that you don't get to experience one or two miracles in your life. You've now stepped into the pattern that Jesus is in, and you're supposed to do the same types of miracles and expect those the rest of your life because you're in the kingdom now. And now since you're in that kingdom, you've been given an authority. And since you have this authority, you need to now learn how to grow in it. So Jesus is modeling authority here. What kind of authority? There are two ways that authority are talked about in the New Testament. The first one, we actually see, it comes to us out of Ephesians where it says that we're seated with Christ in the heavenly places. So it's called positional authority. Now, whether you see yourself as having this authority or not, it's been invested into you when you came into Christ. When the Holy Spirit comes and lives inside of you, the overcoming one is now residential. The overcoming one. And now... You are seated with him, not next to him, but with him. So he's at the highest level of authority, and you're seated right with him. That actually means that there has to become a transformation in how you look at the world you live in and how you see things. Things that are coming in your life, you now get to make a decision if you allow that in your life. As before, when you weren't in Christ, you had no decision. You just had to put up with it. That's what it meant to be in the kingdom of darkness. He just did, did terrible things to you, and you just had to learn to put up with it. That's not the same in Christ now. You are in Christ. Things happen in your life. God says, okay, that thing's going on in your life. Come to me, ask what I want to do about it, and then release my kingdom into that situation. So it actually means that everything I go through in life is a dynamic of transformation because God's with me in it. So the first level of authority is called positional authority. The second level of authority is a little more difficult. It's the one that you and I do on a daily basis. This is called growing in authority by exercising. So, <laughs> the only way you exercise authority is by doing this really fun thing. It's called taking risk. Hearing God stepping out. Um, I, I try to be kind when I say this, but I want you guys to, just for a moment, observe my lips right here. Can you guys see my lips from way back there? They're actually larger than most people's on the planet. 
why is that? Because I've inserted my foot so many times in my mouth by doing poor ministry trying to learn to do this stuff. I've made millions of mistakes, millions of mistakes, but I understand the dynamic. See, you were created. This is what I find fascinating right now in human culture. The only movies and television shows that most people are watching have something to either do with magic or superheroes. And why is that connecting with our culture so deeply right now? Because there's a longing in you that you've lost from our first original family that Jesus is trying to restore to you. And he's using the culture to grab the attention of Christians and saying, are you tired of being weak? Do you want to function supernaturally? Why do you like superhero movies? I mean, they're kind of silly if you think about them, but there's something in them that makes you go, I'd like to be like that. Now, why do you want to be like that? Because that's your inheritance in Christ. Not to fly around, but raise people from the dead. Drive demons. I mean, drive really strong, powerful beings away from people. See goodness release. Healing take place. People's lives touched by love. You have a longing for the supernatural. And what Jesus is saying is, don't deny that longing anymore. Embrace it. Practice it. When I first started praying for the sick, I was doing it when I was living in Cara Springs. And I go to this meeting, and um, th we're going to learn words of knowledge. You guys ever been to a meeting where, they, where you learn words of knowledge? So you go in the meeting, and the teacher says, okay, we're going to do words of knowledge. And you're like, what is a word of knowledge? And they'll say, well, it's just God speaking to you. And if you guys are like I am, you're going, well, what does that look like? Now, well, you'll figure it out as he tells it to you. So we're in a room. We have to get with people to pray with them. And then our teacher says, okay, get words of knowledge for healing. So I'm looking at this guy. He's actually about 6'7", weighs about 300 pounds. He'd probably kill me if I missed my word of knowledge. And so I'm kind of nervous praying for the guy. So here's my first word of knowledge I ever tried. I think someone in the room is really nervous and really scared. No one responded to it for some odd reason because it wasn't a word of knowledge. It's just me not knowing what a word of knowledge was and just saying how I felt. And now, are you guys ready? Most people, when they try that, they just give up after that, and they think it doesn't work once. I'm not going to try for this again. But there's something happened to me that night that I want to talk to you about. Jesus hit me with his love right after I missed that word of knowledge. And all of a sudden, I realized something. God was coming to me and saying, mistakes or how you learn in the kingdom. They're not what discounts you. They're what helps you grow. And so you have to learn to love and make mistakes. Love and make mistakes. One more. My son Joshua is 28 years old. But when he was a little child and he was learning to walk, I happened to be there uh, watching him. My son didn't actually crawl and walk. He actually just laid down and, I guess, decided one day he was going to walk. So he, he rolls over, and th this is the most interesting exchange. He actually gets up on his knees and puts his hands on the couch, and he looks over at me to see what my response was going to be. So he has this grin on his face. He's looking at me, and I, and I realize, hey, Josh wants to walk. So what's the best way to help Josh walk? To encourage him. So he's looking at me, he's smiling, I'm going, come on, Josh, you can do it. Come on, Josh, you can do it. And he gets this, he starts laughing <laughs> like that and pulls away from the couch and, and still has his hand here. And I just said, come on, Josh, come to me, you can do it, let's go. And he lets go of the couch and starts wobbling, takes three or four steps and then falls on his bottom and starts laughing at me. I pick him up and I throw him in the air and I go, that's my boy. And I hugged him and we jumped around the room for a couple minutes. After we did that, something hit his heart. That once I put him down, he got up and just started walking. Most bizarre way I've ever seen a child learn to walk before in my life. I watched that and the Lord said, that's exactly what's going on when you're trying to do this stuff for me. I don't stand in heaven and look at you and go, are you ever going to get this? He says, I look at you and I say, come on, you can do it. You're my boy. You're my girl. Come on, you can do it. You guys hear that call? That's the Father's love coming to you. 
So when I look at these things and I think, man, I'm just terrible at doing that, that's not how God looks at it in heaven. He looks at it that that's my boy. Please remember that when you move forward with the supernatural. There's something about the supernatural that you're going to learn about the love of God. That's why you have to go there. Why do I pray for the sick? Guys, I've prayed for thousands of people at this point. I've watched some get healed. I've watched some not get healed. As, as I walk away from it, what encourages me? Something that Jesus talks about as he goes on in this pastor. He says, not only does the Father show me what he's going to do, he's going to show me more to make you marvel because he loves me. Now, I used to sit back and try to figure that out. He's going to do more powerful things to make them marvel, and he's doing it because he loves them, and it connected. God doesn't do these things to entertain people. He's trying to show a very tangible way that he loves. When I come into that, I will discover something about the love of God that I will never do unless I go there with him. Now, that means that some areas of God's love won't be understand until I step out and try to reveal his love in a very tangible way. Are you guys ready? I believe God's love is greater than death. I believe God's love transforms everything. I believe that when I step out the same way that Jesus does, I discover the love of God that will bring a miracle to change a person's life. Let's go to one last point, and then we'll finish up here. Jesus made the statement, I only do what I see the Father doing. He's actually stepping back and now teaching you, uh, you and I something that should bring great peace to you. Well, what is it? Jesus is describing how the Father is modeling and showing me all this before I have to do it. Now, it took me about 10 years to figure that one point out, and it was this. I do not have to try to produce results in people's lives. I just have to discover what God's doing. In fact, back down to verse 17. I kept asking God one time, hey, like when I go out in the street, are you actually going to go with me? Or are you going to tell me to do this stuff, and then I'm going to stand out there by myself and just look foolish? Do you guys ever think those kind of things? And I was asking the Lord about this. I mean, really, are you going to back me up when I do this? And I'm, I'm, getting, I'm reading this passage, getting ready to go do a conference. And he goes, you really need to go back to uh, verse 17 and study it for a while. So I'm, I'm looking back at verse 17, and it says, the Father is always working. Now, in Israel's history, and even in the church age we live in, there's this belief about God that I really want to tear down. And it's this. When you read Genesis, it says that God created the earth in six days, and then he rested on the seventh. And most people believe he's still resting today. So that's why they don't pray. That's why they don't minister. They literally believe God has wound up the clock of the universe, set it in motion, and it's up to us, and I guess I'll see God when I end my journey. That is how Israel got that is what has been fighting against the Christian message throughout the ages, and even in our history. Several of our founding fathers were deists, and deists believed God wound up the clock, and then he just gave it to man, and it's just running out human history. That is not the God of the Bible. <laughs> God that you and I worship has already been working in that person's life. So I go join where he's been loving them, and then I find out how he's loving them, and then I love him the same way he's loving them. That, now, hopefully it gets you the way it gets me. It made me realize anything that God tells me to go do, like give that, go over there and give that person a word, I, I now realize, oh, he's already been working in their life, so they're ready for this thing, instead of them looking at me like, what are you doing saying that kind of stuff? 
can't remember if I shared this with you guys. I went to Chipotle a couple months ago. I just got done doing a series of meetings, and I always witness to waitresses and people at restaurants. Don't you find they're the funnest people to witness to? Because most of them don't like their jobs, and they don't expect God to show up, and they're, and they're kind of stuck serving you, and you have to pay them so that you have time to practice. Have you guys ever done this before? Don't go with me to lunch. All right, so went to Chipotle. Yeah, I think I told this. I went to Chipotle, and I was up in Minnesota, and the guy that was doing the beans, you know, the guy that has to do the meats and the beans, and then it goes over to the other part of it, he's about to do my order, and I notice all these tattoos on his arm, and I'm asking the Lord, what, what are those? I mean, why did he do that? And, and the Lord just kind of comes and has this conversation with me, not about the tattoos. He says, well, this young man has a music gift inside of him. In fact, he's a music, he writes music, plays several instruments, and he believes I'm against his gifting, and I'm keeping him from succeeding. I want you to address that. Now, you guys ready? You ever had God... I've talked to you about that kind of stuff. I know immediately inside of me, this little thing I hate rises up in me, and I go, oh, no, what if that's not God? Or what if I miss it? And all of a sudden, I see fear saying, don't do it. Don't, just give up, just give up. And so for me, everyone has to do this differently. How I got myself out of it is I reminded myself of John 5, 17. I went, wait a minute, if that was God, then he's already been working in this person's life, and I'm telling everybody all the time I want adventure, and now God's given me an adventure, and I'm telling him I don't want it, so I'm not going to do that. You can reason your own way. So I'm sitting there, and I'm like, well, what do, you, what do you want me to say to this guy? And God said, tell him what I told you. And I thought, that's not smooth. I don't know how to do that. And so I'm trying to figure out, if you know my background, um, I come from Kansas City, and Kansas City has its own reputation. So I'm trying to figure out how to point and raise an eyebrow and yell, because that's how we used to do prophetic ministry. <laughs> so, okay, that's not going to work. So now I'm working through, how do I actually do this? And, I, and I'm trying, should I say, do you, I, I, I'm trying to work through it. And he's, he's now looking at me with the spoon, asking me if I want rice or beans. So I need to get in gear. So I said, hey, um, you, you like music, don't you? And he goes, yeah. I mean, and I said, you actually do music, don't you? You write music and you play instruments. And he, 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 now he took the beans and he slapped them back in the dish. And he looks at me and he said, well, how did you know that? And I said, well, you know, God's a God of love. And he likes talking to and loving people this way. And he, he's like, what? I thought that didn't go very well. And then <laughs> I said, do you feel like in your writing ability and what you're doing right now with music that God himself is against you? He goes, yeah, I actually do. And I said, well, he, told him, he brought me into this restaurant to tell you he gave you that gift, he loves you, and he wants you to pursue that gift because he's completely behind you. Now, I didn't ask him if he knew the Lord or any of those things. I just shared God's love with him because I knew if it was from the Lord, his love would touch that guy. And it did. He, he, now, he, he went from being depressed when I said that to him. It looked like someone literally filled his heart with encouragement, and it's like he became a different person for me. He goes, and he yells this in Chipotle, that's good news, and slams my beans onto my dish. <laughs> <clears throat> and, and all of a sudden, I saw this strength come in him, <clears throat> and him trying to work through the fact that the God of the universe actually said it was okay what he was doing, and he was experiencing the love of God, and he got really excited about it. He goes, uh, now do you want meat or, and I said, well, I'll take some chicken. And then he hands it off to the next person. I'm asking the Lord, well, that's it? And he said, yeah, that's all I want you to give him. So I'm ordering now my chicken and my cheese and guacamole. And, and I see a person that was just at the meeting and I say to them, hey, it's good to see you guys. And the guy thought I was talking to them and he's still being riveted by the spirit of the Lord. <laughs> and, he, and, he, and he's yelling at me now in the restaurant again. It's good seeing you. Have a great day. <coughs> now, what was that? That's what all of you and I have been called into. How many of you heard that story and thought, man, could I actually go on an adventure like that? Could Jesus actually do that with me? Could there actually be this thing 
That's the Lord drawing you and saying, don't settle for boring Christianity. I didn't create you for that. I've created you for dynamic adventure that will just transform your life, give you back the dynamic love of God, and make you see Jesus' ministry in your own family in this time right now. Question is, do you want it? We're going to turn our attention now to what the Lord wants me to share with you this evening. And we're going to segue here. If you, now here's how the Lord told me during worship that he wanted to start this this evening. If you want to be empowered by the love of God to do the works of Jesus, stand. If you want to be empowered by the love of God, to do the works of Jesus. Now, let's just, would you guys mind just for this evening, would you mind just putting your hands out like you're receiving a gift? And let's welcome it. Lord, would you come right now and release your power and your presence on your people? Bring it, Lord. Stir in them your love again for people. Stir their heart again for adventure. Stir their heart again to reality with you. Stir them. More, Lord. More power. Now I ask that an anointing would come upon your people tonight, Lord that they would be bumped up to another level of faith, hope, and love. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, stir the gift of faith inside of them, Lord. Thank you, mighty one. Now, rest upon them and cause a stirring to start happening. So as they go home, you will release dreams and visions to them again. Things that they've done in the past will give hope to them again. Release faith, hope, and love to them. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you. Maybe you see them. Now, um, a lot of times I get up here, and I keep forgetting I need to help you a little bit here. I'm going to give some, ready, words of knowledge. If this applies to you, just stand where you're at, because the Lord wants to minister to you. Does that work? Okay. Now, um, they're going to be, some of them are going to be some stuff going on spiritually. Some of them are going to be stuff physically. Some of them are going to be stuff emotionally. Uh, if you feel uncomfortable with the word, wait until another word's given, and then just stand up, Okay. Because I've been in meetings where they've given words and they're like, okay, whoever's struggling with uh, whatever, and they say, announce something, you think, I'm not going to stand for that. You know, but you need to deal with it. I understand that, all right? So if you have, now the Lord wants to address this. If you have fear, it's actually a spiritual warfare thing, but it's specifically, if you have fear over your health, you feel like your health, uh, you're not going to be healthy in the future, or the enemy's harassing you about not being healthy, and you're just afraid about your health, the Lord would like to come and break that off of you and set you free. So if you're struggling with fear of the future and your health in general, would you stand? The Lord would like to minister to you. Again, every time I do this, just to make it easier on you guys, just put your hands out like you're going to receive a gift. And I'm sorry you're having to deal with this. Holy Spirit, bring your power right now. In the name of Jesus. And I break the power of fear over their hearts and minds. I command it to come off of them. That, that lie that keeps getting told to them, that hits them in their emotions, I break the power of that right now. And I ask, Holy Spirit, that you would release wholeness back to their soul. I just close that door of those thoughts, and I command them to stop in the name of Jesus. Now give them 
the tools to stand against them. Give them the hope for the future, Lord, because you will never leave them or forsake them. Let your goodness rest upon your people right now. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Uh, the next one is this. Uh, if you're dealing with thyroid problems, so you have, you know, these are your glands and your thyroid sits in here. If you have thyroid problems, please stand the Lord like a minister. Sorry, you're dealing. Oh, so you're going to stand if everyone else stands? <laughs> That's a good way of doing that. All right, please receive. Holy Spirit, would you just bring your healing power? And um, for the people that are standing, can you just kind of put your hands just right here? And let's ask the Lord. Lord, release your healing power and presence over your people. I command the thyroid gland to start working properly again in the name of Jesus. I break any hereditary... Uh, afflictions that come from both the father or the mother's side of the family, I break the power of that over this gland, and I ask that you'd release life to them, Lord. Restore them. Bring their anatomy back to proper function. Bring back proper sleep. Cause their metabolism to function properly and release restoration over this gland right now in the name of Jesus. No weapon formed against you shall prosper, and I break the power of this right now. Now, Lord, you're the everlasting God. Release renewal inside your people. In the name of Jesus. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you. Okay, I had weakness in the left leg. So if you have weakness in the left leg... Specifically, And then the Lord showed me a woman here specifically with weakness in her left leg. So the first one was just weakness in your left leg, man or women. But then he specifically showed me a woman had it and that the Lord wanted to deal with it. So if you have a weakness in your left leg, man or women. Sorry, you guys are dealing. Okay, now I'm watching you guys do this with each other. So if you have to stand up every time, that's okay. Please put your hands out and receive from the Lord. Holy Spirit, come right now. Release your healing power and presence. In fact, Lord, just bring your power over their hips and their legs right now in the name of Jesus. And I break the power of weakness over their body. I ask that you would just move the power of your presence over their legs and bring strength back to them right now in the name of Jesus Christ. Command the weakness to come off of them in the name of Jesus. And I thank you for your goodness, Lord. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. All right, thank you. All right. Um, well, I thought this was kind of fun. Uh, I love how Jesus is stretching me. Is there a Hector Gonzalez here tonight? Hector Gonzalez. Anyone? Related to a Hector Gonzalez. <laughs> okay. Okay. Now, I think this is from Lord, so I'm going to go ahead and give it. Let's see what happens. Uh, this is a young man. Uh, I actually saw his face. He actually had a beard and mustache, and um, he felt like the Lord was um, abandoning him. And he keeps trying to please God, but he doesn't have a sense of that. And the Lord's going to break that over him and that he has a youth ministry that the Lord is going to bless. What do you do with this? I'm not here, no one's standing. So let's pray for that, okay? Father, if that's your word, let it go forth and accomplish what you have purposed in your heart. Touch this man and draw him out. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. All right, the next one is a woman named Brittany. Is there a woman here named Brittany or someone related to a woman named Brittany? Isn't this fun? Okay, no one's to respond to that? Okay. Sorry? Okay, well, why don't you stand? Let's see, let's see if this is for her. Okay, for her. Okay, you ready? Okay, so 
the Lord was showing me that Brittany uh, functions in kindness in reaching people. Does this sound like this person? Uh, that um, the Lord wanted to encourage this lady to keep dreaming, that God wants to inspire her dreams, and that he's actually going to reveal himself to her in her dreams. Does that even sound close to what's going on with her? So let's pray for her. How's that sound? Uh, can you guys, isn't this fun to try this? God, would you bring the people to the meeting? All right, so Lord, um, I ask Lord that you would reach out to Brittany, that you would reveal your power and your presence to her in this kindness. And reveal yourself to her in dreams and bless her, God. Strengthen her in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you. All right. Again, uh, the Lord told me to call out someone that has a birthday in October. He didn't give me the name. October 21st. So does someone here have a birthday October 21st? I'm glad you're enjoying this. Is that you? I'm sorry? Your mom. Okay, we'll go for that. <laughs> I, th I thought that was funny. The, when I asked the Lord, well, what about it? He said, I'm not going to tell you. Just pray for him. So pfft, I'm going to try to do this stuff. Are you, are you ready? It's your mom? Okay, let's pray for her. So, Lord, you know why you called this out. So would you come to her right now in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ? And I ask that you would go to her specifically and that you would begin to encourage her. Um, just this series of weakness that she feels like she's going through, I said a strengthening would come to her from you, that you would bless her and that you would strengthen her, God. I thank you that you called her specifically out by her birthday. I ask that you would bless her now and let her know that you've heard, she's heard from you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you. That was your wife's birthday? Thank you. I'm surprised. Did you did you feel like standing or anything like that? Oh, <laughs> okay. Okay, all right. Okay. Yeah, hey, that's, that's really clever. All right. Okay, is there a woman here that's dealing with a skin condition that is chronic that you are not getting over? A woman here dealing with a skin condition. Is that you? I'm sorry. And you? Okay. Did you just, either one of you recently just go see a doctor and he's telling you it's not going well? And is that you? How recent was it? Was it like in the last couple of weeks? Last week, okay. Has that same thing been going on with, he didn't tell you that? Well, I'm going to pray for you, but I think this is for you. Um, no, it's for both of you. Put your hands out. Because he said he wanted to bring his healing presence over you and touch you. Okay, so let's let him do that. Holy Spirit, would you just come right now with your power and your presence? I, I just break the power of this chronic infirmity right now in the name of Jesus. And I command this to stop right now. Now, Holy Spirit, overshadow them right now with your power and your presence. Just come, Lord. More. And I ask that from this evening on, this Weakness and infirmity would be broken off of them. And they would see restoration coming to their skin. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, amen. Thank you. All right, last one. I'm trying to figure out how to give this one. I felt like the Lord wanted me to encourage you with something going on in the region, in the region specifically. Um, he said that a word is going out from him to the leaders in this region right now, and he's doing it in a very creative way to create for leaders a net. And so what's happening is, um, would you guys join me in praying for the leaders in this region? I believe the Lord is starting to speak to him about strategies on, for an in-gathering that he's actually told him he's going to do. So I actually believe the Lord has been speaking to leaders about an ingathering of new people into the kingdom, and he's in the process of giving them a strategy for it right now. So would you join me in asking the Lord to speak to leaders specifically for the strategies that he wants to release? Would you join me just for a moment? Father, we just thank you that you want to give us your heart for not only in our personal lives, but for what you're doing in our community. 
Speak to leaders specifically. The strategy of the Lord for people that are coming into the kingdom. Burden them specifically with this, God. And let a sense of wholeness and unity come to the leaders in this region so that they can do it together. I ask this in the name of your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. All right, guys, I'm going to finish up here. I'm going to pray a blessing over you, and then I'm going to turn it over to Mike or whoever is going to present you. So please receive the blessing of the Lord, and thank you for letting me be with you. Father, I just thank you for your people now. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord's face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face to you and give you rest. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. That's a great word tonight. I may learn something new. Yeah. So the one thing I was, somebody funny, but not. Um, as I'm sitting here listening to the Chipotle story, like being challenged. How many have ever done that? Or how many have not ever done something like that? Just want to let you know, we only have one Chipotle in Castle Rock. But we do have two Qdobas, four or five sandwich shops, 16 different Mexican restaurants. There's about a half a dozen pizza places. So there's plenty of people that you can practice it. And remember, God's standing there going, you go. That was awesome. Just think about how encouraged you were tonight hearing what God wanted to share through Brian. If you take that to the people that are making your pizza or your sandwich or... They're bringing you your tea or your water. How much more they need to hear as well about the love of God. So this is our training ground. If all we do is come and listen and we never put it into action, we're missing out on the fullness of God and what he wants to do in our lives. So my challenge for you, because don't everybody right now tonight do it, but you can. But remember tomorrow when you go to lunch or when you go to dinner in the next day or two, just say, hey, yeah, <laughs> 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 or if his birthday is October 21st, or, <laughs> but what I love about that, what I love about that is that he's just showing you that he's, he's being obedient. He's saying, but you know what? Hector may not have been here, but it was a great word. But how many other people were in here that did get a word? And so it just shows that you know, we're not perfect. We just serve the one who is. So, anyway, let's all stand. Obviously, we don't have time for small group our small group tables tonight. But if you want to hang out, please do grab somebody, visit with them. But I just, as Brian played, prayed the blessing of you guys. I just want to bless you and, and thank you for being here tonight. And we look forward to seeing you this Sunday uh, as we get to worship the Lord. God bless you guys. Have a great night. <laughs>